Welcome to the Endpoints Podcast. I'm Jonathan Gang. Oftentimes, the ALS Therapy Development Institute can feel like a family affair, both figuratively and literally. Many of our employees, both on the science and fundraising sides, are so dedicated to this work because members of their own families have been affected by ALS. There's no better example of this than the Reach family. When Corey Reach was diagnosed with ALS in 2007, at the age of 21, his family, Sister Claire and their parents Ted and Wendy, knew that they would do whatever they could to support him. Soon after, they discovered ALS-TDI and discovered that they would dedicate themselves to helping further our mission to find effective treatments for the disease, as fundraisers, spokespeople, and even as employees. Today, we're joined by the Reaches, who share their story of working to end ALS together as a family. Uh... Wendy and I met in the early 1980s. <laughs> too, too far back. We have a little bit. There. And we were married on July 6th of 1985, and Corey was born nine months and two days later. And yeah. then um, Corey was diagnosed on what day in July? July, July 2nd of 2007. And he was between junior and senior year of college. He'd been uh, going to work in San Francisco taking uh, BART. And to get into BART, there's always there's these big staircases. And so he had fallen on the staircases. So he went to see a neurologist. So, of course, it was the shock of a lifetime. Oh, I have that wrong? There were lots of things. We had already been seeing the doctor, and that just helped us. Um, you know, we knew something was wrong because Corey had been um, at study abroad in Spain, and he was telling me something was going on. And then he went straight to school, and more things were going on. So we, we got him into a doctor when he got back. It, luckily, it didn't take too long to get him diagnosed, really about just about a month, which was pretty good to be able to see your we had to get a new internist and because he had gone to the pediatrician and then we um, got to see a neurologist and then we had a specialist in ALS at the ALS clinic in San Francisco. And but we were lucky that it was relatively quick. But he probably had symptoms well over a year in advance. Yes. Your first symptoms, I mean, really you had some strange nerve issues in your arm freshman year of college. Yes. and went to a neurologist and they suggested you maybe cut a nerve in your arm, maybe studying in the library or falling asleep on your arm, study, you know, fall in the library late one night. Um, and then that was freshman year and then junior year, year, there were the strange symptoms, or not even symptoms, just strange occurrences happening and knew something was wrong. We couldn't get down the hill skiing, even though we had been skiing since we were children. and used to race and you couldn't get up and down the basketball court. So there were some strange things. And then, um, yeah, some, your hands weren't working as well. Um, so some, there were some odd things, um, for a couple years really before you were, and then once you started going to the doctor that summer, it happened. Quickly. So you, they told you not to go back to school, right? What happened that summer? Yeah, so I'm going to say ALS, um, especially in 2007, um, not knowing the disease progression. 
That's Corey. He says when he was diagnosed with ALS in 2007, he was told there was an average life expectancy of three to five years. They told me that I should not be going back to my senior year. Um, when, when I live in the Bay Area, uh, Oakland area, and I'm in the school in Vermont at Melbourne College. It's on the other side of the country. Um, and the doctor said, we really don't think you should be going back. I said, the heck with that. Corey's doctors told him he shouldn't go back for his final year of school at Middlebury College in Vermont, across the country from his family's home in California. But he said there was no way he wasn't going to finish his senior year. When during that time away, and when my mom and dad found out about ALSTI, um, and I think they're feeling a little bit powerless. And I was away, and there's nothing that uh, seemed like I knew. And they knew they wanted to play back somehow. And they um, were missionary different ALS organizations. And they happened to attend an ALS 101. He says it was while he was away finishing school that his parents found out about ALS TDI. The time they were feeling powerless to help him, but discovering the organization made them feel like they could fight back. They knew from then on that ALS TDI was where they would focus their fundraising efforts. Yeah, and in many ways, I might say that hearing about ALS TDI and a organization where um, scientists are working 24-7 to find effective treatments was the first time that we, or at least I, felt much hope after your diagnosis. And so <laughs> um, uh, I, I think that you guys went and visited the lab, is that right? Shortly thereafter, um, the two of you. You don't. It's been now. It's been quite. It's a few so years. many years now. <laughs> it's so many years. But I, I think the important thing was that we didn't think that we could do fundraising. We'd never really done anything like that, and we we. But we did know we wanted to do something, and and they said, "Well, do you think you could have a fundraiser?" And we said, um, "We'll have to think about that." <laughs> um, not the best about asking people for money, but um, we did end up having one the next fall after Summer. you graduated after you graduated, late summer of 2008, and that was our first one, and um, people just want to help. So it was extremely successful, and we were so thrilled and surprised, and it, it was the beginning of our fundraising journey with <laughs> ALS TDI. And then Claire went back to college, and then when she graduated, he, she, she started working for ALS TDI. 
Over the next few years, the entire Reach family found a role to play in supporting the research at ALS-TDI. Corey became a spokesperson, both for ALS-TDI's mission and for the realities of young people living with ALS. Wendy became an active fundraiser. Ted is on our board. And Claire, now a development director, has worked at ALS-TDI for almost a decade. Well, I'm in the least. <laughs> I did nothing. My, my That's nan, not true. My nan system, tell me where I go. I show up as well. I do the least, Corey is saying, jokingly. Tell me where to go, and I show up, he says. Um, well, I'm, I've always felt that, um, you know, now almost 13 years after my diagnosis, I'm now in a wheelchair and I'm from last quite a mess because my mess and honestly, but compared to most people, I'm very fortunate. I've always felt that um, it would be selfish of me not to put myself on there and um, do everything I can to help solve me out and help me in the Corey says that 13 years after his diagnosis, he's very fortunate to still be able to help, and he feels obligated to put himself out there to do everything he can to help end ALS. Yes. You put yourself out there. We've done baseball games, doing awareness around the country. We've, you've done interviews, you've done radio, you've done television. You know, I think it's brave of him to be a face of ALS. Uh, I am on the board of directors and actually, I guess the treasurer, an <laughs> officer of ALS TDI and we do try. I do try to provide some value there to Steve Perrin and other officers of the company. But I, drawing upon my own experience in the workplace, but I feel our real value is on in the fundraising side. Not only with respect to raising money, but also connecting with other uh, families, especially those recently diagnosed, um, encouraging them to reach out to their own networks to support them in their support of ALS TDI. And uh, what we find is that uh, it's somewhat therapeutic to uh, see how people will rally around a family where there is someone in the family with ALS. And so what we've tried to uh, be as an example for other families that, uh, uh, are confronted with this, you know, worst possible situation, the world's worst disease and no medicine, and uh, show them that if there's um, any, anything uh, that is good, it's that uh, there are people who do want to help you and it's okay to uh, ask them to help. That actually, in some strange way, you provide a gift to them by allowing them to help you. And so that's really been a focus of all of us uh, to um, connect with others and, and say, hey, don't be afraid, you know, go ahead and ask others 
to support you. And I ask you for help. It's a really hard thing when personally, you know, when they want to ask, you know, ask for help, you know, showing or getting dressed, you know, everything else. Corey says asking for help is a really hard thing to do, but it's an everyday reality for people like him with ALS who need help with everyday tasks. And so many minutes, you know, not in you know, America, I knew I had to help you. I just know I know my own community. You know, I'm seeing so much more than you can in the inventory. He says that asking for help is something that's almost looked down on in our culture, but that you can accomplish so much when you work with your community than just as an individual. I think I'll go next and just say um, my role has evolved over time. Um, I do assist with the fundraising and uh, the fundraisers that we have, but um, I am now Corey's full-time caregiver, and um, we spend a lot of time together. And um, it's a lot of fun. (laughs) So I guess that's it for me. Claire? That's it for you. Okay. Well, I don't know that that's it for you. I think you guys have been talking about asking um, asking your friends and loved ones and community for support. And I think that the one other, I think that, I guess I would say, I think that has really enriched our lives in many ways as backwards as that may sound to ask, you know, asking the idea of someone, of you asking for money enriching your life may sound strange, but I mean that it showed us really what an amazing community we have, how generous and how good people are. Uh, It showed, it strengthened a lot of relationships, I think, from both friends and people we maybe barely even knew to maybe clients of my dad's. I think that we've really, family members. members. I mean, I think we've seen the really good in people through our efforts at ALS TDI and we are so appreciative of what everyone has done over these many years. And my role has been um, many ways to help execute these events that we throw um, from corn toss to our court in the summer normally, to Corey's crusade in the fall, to random things in between that come up, um, helping with uh, fun ALS for ALS Brewfest, to um, ALS awareness games, etc. I um, help drive a lot of the logistics, especially with my dad, and that has kind of been on top of my uh, normal work at ALS TDI. So I'd say that I do, I um, Kind of have had two dual jobs going in some ways, um, but and I work at ALS TDI. I guess I feel the need to always say I've been working there since 2011. Uh, since graduating from college, I realized that I would love to spend every day helping however I could. So I kind of joined, saying whatever they need to do, I'll do it. And it's morphed into different roles. Now I'm on development, but the idea of helping. Corey and all these amazing people we've met is quite powerful to me. And I guess that the other piece of the story is the one, as my dad said, we've met lots of people recently diagnosed with ALS and formed um, some amazing relationships with people here in the Bay Area and around the country. And we've just really met the most wonderful people through this awful disease. So it's become very meaningful for all of us. 
For Corey, it's been extremely meaningful to see his family rally around him and his condition for so many years. Um, I'm, uh, I'm extremely lucky and uh, wonderful for the family. Um, I'm not shying away from the fight. Um, I really want to sum up with me. Um, <laughs> Corey says he's lucky to have such a wonderful, supportive family. And sometimes he thinks he doesn't thank them enough. I think that Corey's, I may jump in to just say that Corey's positive outlook and um, the way that he's handled ALS, I've never heard him complain. <laughs> I mean, I think that I complain about stupid stuff still, and I've never heard him complain about some ability that he's lost, um, something he can no longer do. He's always just kind of taken this day by day and been really positive about everything, and I think that has made it so for the rest of us that you can't not want to do whatever we can and rally behind someone who is so positive. And um, of course, we do that for you no matter what, Corey. But I think his outlook really um, is incredibly inspiring and has really shown all of us how to react to this as well. We're kind of taking the cues from Corey. And for the rest of the family, their fundraising efforts have been instrumental in helping them to deal with Corey's illness. I think it's definitely our coping mechanism, fundraising for ALS TDI and uh, fighting. This is our way of really fighting back. I think it's um, it, a diagnosis, diagnosis of ALS is uh, pretty devastating and it's very challenging, of course, for the person, the family, everyone close. I think that we're so lucky Corey is a slow progressor, and but the idea that there was this way that we could try to help has been um, incredibly meaningful for all of us. And it's really been a driving force for us, and it has taken, um, at least I guess I could say for me personally, it's given me the reason to keep having hope and fighting back here. So it's been quite a coping mechanism in many ways for me. And, you know, we have a sense that there's a lot of other people out there across the country like us, and they just need a little bit of encouragement. And uh, uh, they need to understand that it's okay. And so uh, we're all in, right? You, you know, we see the value of teaching other people that there is uh, positive results, not just um, for somebody later who has a medicine, but even for people today uh, to join us in supporting TDI. It's, we do, I think all of us are committed to supporting ALS TDI. I may be the, um, the employee here, but I think that we all are very committed in our own ways and all very much believe in the work ALS TDI is doing in the research and the importance of science. Yes, <laughs> thank you, Corey. And I think um, we all, and we also, as we've said now multiple times, we also feel that um, 
supporting that research and raising money is um, asking your network to help you raise the money it can be very successful for ALS TDI and for you personally. So we do our best to not only do that as a family, but to also um, work with others to do that and support ALS TDI. The sign that was that force in that 12 years ago. We had no idea, you know, if we even break even. I mean, we had almost so low expectations. Um, and we knew we wouldn't do anything we could, but we had no idea if we'd be you know, successful in our efforts. Um, but, you know, that was the thing that leaked. Um, asking for help, deciding, you know, um, no matter what happens, we really think it's going to be important for us and our family, for, um, for other people and ALS, um, for TDI, um, to do everything we can and ask our family if we have any help with that, give people a way to support me and um, they lost cause, mm -hmm. um, you know, and I said in the form asking for help, really hard, but it's really rewarding, um, and you never know until you try. Corey says his family has been very lucky and very successful with their fundraising. Back when they started out, they didn't know if they'd break even on their early events but they knew it would be important for themselves as a family and important for people with ALS to try. He says you never know how successful you can be until you try. I, I second that um, whole thing, Corey, but I will say too that um, for someone newly diagnosed, I think, Corey, you are an example that you just never know what, how the disease may progress. I think that, um, as you said, we had no idea you would be here today. And um, I do think that there's some message of hope there and resiliency that you just don't, you just don't know. So we try to, it, um, we've been so fortunate and lucky, but kind of take it day by day maybe and, um, there, I don't know. I agree. It's the one thing I always say to new people who I've met with ALS is that don't assume anything. You know, we really didn't think Corey would live more than a year or two. And we, you got to just go for it. I mean, for a, quite a while there, Corey and I always said yes to everything. It gets a little harder when you're 13 years in, but but um, you know, say yes and do go it. Do the, go do the things you want to do. You just can't assume that it, that 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 it's only going to be a few years. You don't know, so don't. So go for it. The Reaches have had a lot of success as fundraisers over the years, but they emphasize that they couldn't have done it alone. Yeah, we are so appreciative of our family, friends, clients, community these t amazing tennis families, 
core, all of Corey's friends, my parents, friends, my everyone. I feel like it's um, we are incredibly grateful for what everyone has done, and of course, our success is because of their generosity. So, in so many ways, so it's we are pretty amazed that people continue to come to our events and continue to give, and we are very appreciative of what everyone's done for us as a family and for ALS TDI and really for um, the entire ALS community, the generosity of these people. I think you nailed it. I think that, uh, yeah, we're very lucky to have a wonderful community around us to support us in many ways. And uh, so uh, we are certainly thankful to everybody.